Good morning, Valley Bible Church. Now, I'm up here this morning, and you may be expecting to see Pastor Phil, and as of Thursday afternoon, I was expecting to see Pastor Phil up here too, uh, but he came down with a really terrible cold. He's had a fever, and I know like many of you, uh, last few weeks, you've been saying Merry Coughmas and a Happy Flu Year, right? Yeah. Thanks for the two of you that laughed at my really terrible joke. Uh, I know many of, uh, of us are dealing with colds and flus in, in this time of year, and uh, a lot of, I, mean, I was in the church office this week, it felt like a ghost town because so many of us have been sick and, and dealing with so many things. So why don't we take a moment right now uh, to ask the Lord to be with us as we open His Word, but then also to, to heal those that we know that are sick uh, right now, especially our pastor. Uh, so let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day. Uh, we thank you that we can come together and gather in the name of Jesus. Let angels prostrate, fall at Him and worship Him. Uh, we want to do the same. Worship King Jesus. Thank you for uh, the word that you've, uh, uh, you've given to us. I pray that you would open up our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your law today. And Father, we don't want to forget all of those in our lives that are touched right now with illness. Uh, they're dealing with it at home right now. Maybe they're even watching uh, online right now. Father, bless them and heal their bodies. We pray for our pastor. Please heal his body and give him relief today, Father, uh, as he's dealing with this sickness. Uh, well, we thank you for this opportunity. Be in our midst now as we consider your word and as we consider Jesus Christ as he's revealed on the pages of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please turn to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. If you're using the pew Bibles that we provided there for you, uh, you can turn to page 834. Page 834 in the pew Bibles provided for you. And we're in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. Now, like I said before, as of Thursday, I did not know that I'd be up here preaching. And so I started to talk with my wife, Laura, who's sitting in the front row this morning. I said, Laura, what, what do you want to hear on a New Year's Eve uh, service? Uh, and uh, what would encourage your heart or bless you on a day like today? And she said, Matthew, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm wore out. Uh, Christmas has been great. But as we've been pressing really hard toward the end of the year for school, for work, and for just enjoying the holiday and all of the uh, obligations, uh, dare I say, or all of the things that we love to do, uh, they, it takes a lot of work. And so she said, I, I just feel like I'm dragging across the finish line. And by the way, praise be to God, we've just about made it, haven't we? <laughs> praise be to God for 2017. But she said, Matthew, I'm dragging. And the, the picture that kind of came to my mind is that I, I kind of feel like she was saying, I, I feel like my, my gas tank uh, light is, is glowing, a bright orange color. I'm on E. I feel so empty. I feel so exhausted. Uh, why do we feel empty? Why do we get that way? Uh, why do we feel as if we get exhausted? Now, sometimes that exhaustion is for very good reasons. We're working hard on our jobs. Uh, if you're a parent, you will be exhausted if you want to be an effective parent. Uh, so many things in our lives take a lot of energy and a lot of work. And so in some ways, it's good to feel exhausted. But, but more than that, more than that, you feel just an emptiness and an exhaustion, not just in your bodies, but deep down in your souls. You feel like something's missing, something's not quite right. 
Sometimes we may even ask ourselves, for those of us in the room that have put their faith in Jesus Christ and would call ourselves a Christian or a follower of Jesus, sometimes we ask ourselves, is there something more to living as a Christian that I should be pursuing? I mean, is this really all there is to it because I have this empty feeling that I feel in my soul? Is there something that should be added to my faith and trust in Jesus Christ that should give me a more full or more... uh, a comprehensive experience. Well, the church at Colossae was facing temptations to add something to their Christian lives. You see, they had false teachers that were traveling around and they were trying to convince them and other churches, other, other Christians, that though they may have Jesus, and that may have been good for them at the beginning, in order to be truly or more fully spiritual, people needed to add something so that they could have a fuller, more comprehensive experience. So they had this temptation and they had this dilemma. They've got these false teachers coming around and saying, well, that's nice, you put your faith in Jesus, you've confessed Him as Lord, but we also are saying that you're missing out on something. You don't have the real full experience that we get to have, and so we've got some suggestions for you that you need to add to your Christian life in order to experience the real full thing. And the Apostle Paul, one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, he's writing this letter to this church is to tell them something very important. You've got everything you need for the fullest experience of the Christian life. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 15. Follow along as I read aloud. The Apostle Paul writes, So then, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and on the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you've been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross." And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. I, I don't know about you, but just reading it, I feel like I could just sit down right now. I'm not going to do that. But I feel like I could sit down right now and say, there it is. Well, you're feeling empty today. Take your eyes and look down at this text and enjoy the fullness of Jesus Christ. Well, where do we go to get filled? And that's, that's the whole thing this morning. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like my wife. We were having that discussion. Maybe you feel like the tank, and the tank uh, gas tank light is just glowing 
bright orange right in your face. You feel empty. And you're so relieved because tonight we're going to, you know, stay up, some of us, till midnight. And we're going to watch and we're going to see that clock tick and the calendar will flip over. In 2017, we will say, that's in the past. And we will go, whew. But what we'll soon realize is that that means that now I've got 365 days ahead of me to keep going, to continue doing. And, and, and how am I going to do it? How am I going to start a whole new year when that gas tank light is just glowing bright orange that my tank feels empty? Where do we go to get filled? Again, Colossians 2, 6-7 says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Paul tells you right here, where do you go to get filled? Continue to live your lives in Christ Jesus. And he says this, just as you received him as Lord. There's something very important there. He says, not that you just received Christ Jesus, but there's, there's an emphasis there. You received him not just as the Messiah, not just as the Savior, but you receive this Christ Jesus as Lord of your life. As Lord of your life. As the boss of your life. As your king. As your master. That's how you received him when you initially put your faith and trust in him. That's an important aspect. That's an important moment for every single one of us because we think when we're born and as we grow up that we're the boss and master of our own lives. I'm walking around. I'm making my decisions. I will decide what I will have to eat for lunch this afternoon. I will decide what time I'm going to get up tomorrow. But we soon realize as we get older, I, I'm really in a lot less control of this thing I call my life than I thought I was. And we realize that things are out of control. And we realize that our lives, as much as we want to make them perfect and wonderful, are really broken at their very core. And Jesus comes along and says, I want to be your Messiah. I am your Savior. But will you bow to me as the Lord of your life? Have you made that decision in your life today? Have you bowed the knee to King Jesus and said, I want him to be my master. I want him to be my Lord. But Paul is telling a group of Christians, he's talking to them. He's not talking to people that have never confessed Jesus as Lord. He's saying, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, I want you to continue to live your lives in the dominion of his reign over your life. Continue to live your lives in Him. This continuation has this idea of walking around. It's really this idea of how you go along in your life. It's the aspect of your lifestyle. It's your path. In the Jewish mind and thought, it was this, this road that you would walk down. What's the road that you're walking down? And, and Paul is saying, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, keep walking down the path of following him as the boss and the king and the master of your life. To paraphrase it, it, it just means you receive Jesus as the Lord of your life. Keep living that lifestyle. Keep living a lifestyle that reflects his rule over your values, your affections. And keep walking in a way that honors him as the Lord over your thinking, over your thoughts, over your words. And over your conduct, continue in Jesus as the Lord of your life. 
don't give up. Don't stop. Keep remaining in this realm where I'm saying I'm not perfect, but I'm walking down the path that honors Jesus Christ as Lord, just as I received him. He goes on to say, you're going to be rooted and built up in him. Really, it's to, to remember your roots. It's to remember what nourishes you. It's re to remember what were the first things of the seeds of the faith in your life. Remember why you're standing. Remember what gives you nourishment. It's Jesus. It's Jesus as the Lord of your life. You're rooted in him and you're built up in him. You're just this like one little stone and Jesus is the chief cornerstone and your life is being built up in a way that says, Lord, every block that's added to my life, every decision that's made, oh, I want it to be built up in a building that honors King Jesus and is not an edifice to my own glory. Rooted up and built up in him. Is Jesus the builder of your life? If you received him as Lord, is he building your life today, friend? Goes on to say that you'll be strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Stay true to your roots, Paul is saying. Let Jesus build your life and then he will establish you with strength in your faith. Some of you may come in and you feel like, oh, my faith is just so weak. What's wrong with me? You're not remembering your roots. You're not remembering who nourishes you. You're not remembering who's building you up. It can only be Jesus or everything will fall to pieces. But when you go back to your roots, you remember how you received Jesus as the Lord of your life and you continue in him, you will be built up and your faith will be strong. And, and what's interesting there, it's almost like he just kind of goes off on a little tangent. He says, then you will be overflowing with thanksgiving. Look, look down there. It says it right there, end of verse 7, and overflowing with thankfulness. Thankfulness. Man, I'll tell you, there's so many days I get to the end of my day, and the last thing on my mind is thankfulness. It's grumbling. It's complaining. It's, oh, why did this day have to go like that? Why did that person have to look at me that way? Why did they have to say that? Why did that jerk cut me off on the road? But know if we're allowing King Jesus to have the dominion over our lives, we actually can end our days and even end, 2007, uh, end 2017 with a spirit of not just thankfulness, but overflowing thankfulness. I've enjoyed this worship service so much because I feel like Time after time, every stanza of every song has just been an overflow from God's people of thankfulness. Praise the name of the Lord our God. For endless days, we'll sing his praise and be overflowing with thankfulness. Remaining and continuing with Jesus as the Lord of your life, you go from being complaining to overflowing with thankfulness. Where do we get filled? Go back to your roots. You receive Christ Jesus as Lord. Continue in Him. Continue in Him. Walk in Him. Make following Jesus your lifestyle, friend. If you're here today and you feel empty, what Paul the Apostle would say, what Jesus would say, what the Holy Spirit would say, I'm just passing on the message to you is continue in Jesus. Continue in Him. That's where we go to get filled up for a new year. Where shouldn't we go, though? Where is the place we should not be going to get filled up for a new year? Well, he talks about that in verse 8. 
It says again in Colossians 2.8, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Paul is almost like he's putting his hands over his mouth and he's shouting, Look out! Be on the alert! Be aware! Make sure no one captures you! Don't let it happen! It's almost as if he's assuming that there are going to be those in their midst that are trying to steer them away from pure and sincere following of Jesus Christ. Look out! Beware! Be on the lookout. It's going to come down your path. There are going to be those that want to take you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. It's really this idea of emptiness. They're promising something that they cannot give. This world is full of those kinds of philosophies, isn't it? Now, there's nothing wrong with necessarily philosophy, but what's the nature of this philosophy? Well, it's, it depends on human tradition. It depends on Human experience alone. Now, human experience is very, very valuable. I mean, we've got a whole book of Proverbs that is a reflection upon God's wisdom as, as the writer is reflecting on all of life. And so human wisdom is good when it's informed by the God who created us. But when you, uh, when you take away uh, uh, God from the picture and now you start contriving new ideas and new traditions and new philosophies that are divorced from the one true God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, what we turn out to find is that this philosophy... This tradition is empty. It's hopeless. It's meaningless. But it offers so much. It offers health and prosperity and hope and peace and satisfaction. And we try and find it in so many different ways. Every day you read the newspaper, if anybody reads that anymore, or you watch the news and you realize people are inventing new ways to satisfy themselves. New ideologies, new philosophies, new ways of thinking that are divorced from Jesus Christ. And what they find is that in the end, and you found it, my friends, is that in the end, it's all empty. Philosophies and methods are not the problem. The problem arises when they're void of Jesus. Rather than setting you free, these worldly wisdom and philosophies, they enslave you to principles and strategies that will take you back under mastery of someone else other than Jesus. Here's something real important for all of us to understand. There's no such thing as being absolutely free and neutral. No, no, no. The Bible doesn't talk about it that way. The Bible says that you're going to be a slave of one of two masters. Either you will be a slave to sin and death and Satan, or you will be set free so that you could be a slave and a son of King Jesus. There's no in-between, friends. Which one is it? We start walking outside of the dominion. We start walking outside of the lordship of Jesus Christ and start trying to invent new ways, new philosophies, and new wisdom. We find that we're just enslaved to a brand new master, and he never fulfills his promises. It's empty. It's hopeless. No fulfillment whatsoever. We're starting a new year, friends. And I'm sure you've taken at least a few minutes to think about what you hope for in 2018. Are you hoping to have a fuller life 
in 2018. Uh, what resolutions are you making? Maybe you've already made some, you've written them down, or maybe you're going to take the rest of the day to think about them. Maybe it's to lose weight. Uh, maybe it's to improve your financial situation, or maybe it's there's a broken relationship that you're going to seek to restore. Uh, you know, maybe it's to be just a generally better person. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's to climb up the corporate ladder another notch this year. I don't know what it is, friends, but if it's void of Christ, it will not satisfy. These are all good things. But if Jesus is not at the center, if he's not our lifestyle of following him as our Lord, all these things will just become a new master to us and they will never fulfill their promises. We must, we must be on guard from thinking that a fuller life is achievable apart from the one true source of all fullness and that's Jesus when we fail to perfectly achieve all that we want on our own, what we find is that we're plunged back into defeat and guilt. But Jesus, but Jesus offers real, true fulfillment. Where do we go to get filled up for a new year? Continue in what you received. You receive Jesus as Lord, continue in Him. Where don't we go? Don't go to those empty philosophies, those empty strategies, those empty methods that are outside of Jesus and divorced from Jesus because they're empty and they're deceitful philosophies. But why? Why is it this way? I mean, what, what is it about Jesus? Can, can I brag on Jesus for a few minutes this morning? What is it about Jesus, though, that can, I mean, really? Can, okay, all these other philosophies, they can't fulfill, but can Jesus really do this? A guy that lived 2,000 years ago, can he really fulfill and say, okay, let, let's see it here. Can you really cash, can I cash in on the promises that he makes? Let's look at why Jesus is the only one that can fulfill you. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. For in Christ, here's the reason. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. And he is the head over every power and authority. In Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Turn over to uh, Colossians chapter 1, just one page over. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. Verses 15 to 20 it says this, The Son, who is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through the blood through his shed blood shed on the cross 
Paul is passionate about letting his audience know, if you want to find fullness, look at Jesus. It doesn't get any fuller than Jesus. In fact, in Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in a human body. All the knowledge of all the universe dwells in God the Son who came in a human body, Jesus. All the power of all the universe dwells in Jesus in a human body. All of the, uh, all of the forgiveness, all of the righteousness of God is right there in Jesus in a human body. He's there. God with us. We've been celebrating that <coughs> for the last month. That God would put on human flesh. But we see in Colossians the implications of what that means to us, friend. All the fullness of deity dwells in a human body in Jesus. Now when you look at this human body, it's not very impressive. Okay? There's not much to it. Certainly hair, right? There's not much to this human body that I've got here. I am just a man. And for all of you sitting out there, as beautiful or as handsome you may think you are, when the end of it comes down to it is you are just a man, or you are just a woman, or you are just a boy, or you are just a girl. Now, you're created in the image of God, but it ends there. You are human and human only. But in Jesus, we have humanity and deity. In Him, all the fullness of deity dwells in all its fullness. You can't get any more God than that. All the fullness. All the fullness. Sometimes, you know, I, when I was a kid, I used to think to myself, well, Jesus is really cool, but I want to get to the real God. I want to get to the Father. And Jesus corrects my thinking. He comes down and He says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Why? Because all the fullness of deity dwells in a human body. How in the world does that happen? I don't know, but it happened. God said it. It happened. That's why angels came to some shepherds and they said, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth has come. Why? Because God has decided to come down and dwell in a human body. He's God with us. All the fullness of deity is found in this man. And not only that, it says, and in Christ, you've been brought to fullness. Take your eyes and look down. You've got to see this. Verse 10, in Christ, in this one who is in a human body, full deity, in him, you have been brought to fullness. Now, the emphasis that isn't there that, you know, it happened in the past. The emphasis is that presently, today, you are experiencing that fullness Today, you get to experience all that this deity and bodily form has to offer. You have it today. You have his fullness. The fullness of deity dwells in him. And friends, the condition is if you are in him, his deity fills you up. This is no small human strategy or some man-made philosophy or, or some wonderful New Year's resolution. Friends, this is more than that. This is the fullness of God that is with you today if you are in Christ Jesus. 
But, but how are we brought to this fullness? What, what does this mean for us? I, I mean, it's, it's, it just seems like such a vague concept. Okay, so in, in Jesus, in a human body, all the deity dwells in that. And that's hard for me to fully comprehend, but I believe it uh, because he proved it. He did amazing things that no one else ever did. But, but not only that, uh, now I've got, I'm in him, and so his fullness fills me up now. Now, but what does that look like? What does that look like? Paul goes on to just describe a few ways, a few ways that this fullness is here for you today. The first way is that this fullness gives us victory over sin. The second way, he says, is that this fullness gives us new life. This fullness also gives us complete forgiveness before him. And finally, this fullness gives us protection from every evil spiritual force in the whole world. Take a look at we, uh, with me at verses 11 through 12. In him, Colossians 2, in him who is Christ, you are also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. That's just an idiom to say, look, it was God who did the work. It was God who did it. Your whole self was ruled by the flesh, but it's been put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Now, friends, I'm not going to get into the whole biology of circumcision. You can look that up on the internet later. But what I do want to show you is this, is that God had promised his people that the sign that you are going to be my children, O Israel, is that you are going to circumcise your males. But now, under this new covenant, Jesus has done something even more amazing. He's gone down into the depths of our hearts and he says, I am going to roll away or remove the flesh that has dominated you for so long to keep you from pleasing me. That's what it says right there. In him you were circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self was ruled, ruled, dominated, enslaved by the flesh, Friend, if you're here today and you're not in Christ, you may think that you've got a lot of freedom, but I'm telling you right now, you are ruled by your sinful flesh. I'm not telling you, God's telling you. You are ruled by your sinful flesh. Paul gets so uh, upset about it in Romans 7, he says, wretched man that I am, I can't do anything to please God apart from, from Christ. I can't do anything. I try, and I try, and I try to make myself a better person, but these lustful thoughts keep coming in. These wicked uh, attitudes keep coming in. These cursings and these sinful, sinful words keep coming out of my mouth. Who can deliver me from this? Jesus Christ has come, and he's the fullness of deity, and he says, I can do more than just do something for your outside body. I have the power, because I am God in the flesh, to dig deep down into your heart and set you free from the sin that has dominated you all of your life. He gives us victory over sin. That's what his fullness does. In Christ, God rolled away the domination of sin in your life. You feeling a little fuller yet? Verse 13, he gives us fullness of new life. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. Turn over, if you would, briefly 
to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. We don't talk this way. Friend, if you're here today without Christ, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. Oh yeah, your brain is working, your heart's beating, your lungs are filling with air, and, and you're probably, uh, your stomach's probably getting hungry for lunch. But I'm telling you, spiritually, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. Don't believe me, watch this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Wrath because of our sin. We were dead. Verse 4. But because of this, of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Friends, the great glory of God is revealed in us in who were once dead, now being made alive by His grace. By His grace. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you put your trust in Him, and you make Him the Lord of your life, there is this amazing spiritual union that happens. So that when He died, your old self died, and when He rose from the dead, you were raised to newness of life. New life. New life. There's so many of us that are dealing with sicknesses and cancer. I was talking with Steve Zeem. He prayed this morning. He says, I hate cancer. I hate it. It's destructive. We all have somebody who's touched by it, but we've all been touched by other infirmities, and we're experiencing the death that God told Adam and Eve about. If you eat the fruit, on the day you eat of it, you shall surely die physically, spiritually, the whole package. And we've been living under this shadow of the death shadow of guilt and sin for so long. But he says, I've come, and in my fullness, you can be made alive. You could be made new. His fullness, His fullness gives us new life. His fullness gives us complete forgiveness. Look down, look down in verse, uh, end of 13, it says, He forgave us some of our sins. Wait, what? He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. Friends, there was an IOU that we wrote when God created us because he's the great God and king and we are his creatures. It's almost like there was an IOU. God, we owe you. You're the God. We're the creature. So we owe you our full, unadulterated allegiance and obedience. But you know what happened? We ripped it up 
And all of a sudden, now we had this big record of debt against us. And not just against us corporately, but against us individually. Every single one of us is born already now, and we're building it up every time we sin, every time we disobey. And instead of that, I owe you, God, you deserve all my allegiance. Instead, he says, I've got a whole record of debt against you that condemns you. What can we do about such things? What can we do about this? We go to the one in whom deity dwells in bodily form. We go to the one who, in whom is all the fullness. And he says, he says, God forgave us all our sins, having canceled, canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. And he's taking it, taking it away. Friends, it's almost like he took it and he put it in the shredder. It's gone forever, friends. When you come to this God, this Jesus, who is the fullness of God in a human body, he says, I've come to remove and take away all the debt that you owe to God. It's gone. But there's still a problem. There's still a problem. How can God be holy and righteous and just and just put our sins in the shredder when it says the wages, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death? How could he do such a thing? I mean, that's like the kind of corporate corruption that you've seen have taken down whole huge uh, companies. That's corruption, isn't it? How does he do it? How does God do it? Look to the one in whom deity dwells fully in bodily form nailing it to the cross, nailing it to the cross. He took all of that debt and he says, I'm going to shred it, but I'm going to punish it because I'm going to put it on my son, Jesus Christ, the one in whom deity dwells in bodily form. And all of that punishment, all of that death that you deserve because of the record of debt that you've built up and that I owe you because of your allegiance that you've broken against me, I'm going to make sure it's all paid for in Jesus Christ. The debt has been nailed to the cross. Fullness. His fullness gives us complete forgiveness. Complete forgiveness. Think about what that does to your guilt, friends. Some of you here today are sitting in these pews dealing with overwhelming guilt. I've been there. Overwhelming guilt. You know that if the curtain was pulled back on your life, it would be nothing but shame and guilt for what you've done. The fullness of deity that dwells in a body who's Jesus Christ says, I can come and I can give you complete forgiveness. Finally, this fullness gives us protection from our spirit, from spiritual powers. It says finally in verse 15, and having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. I wish I had more time because this is just, this stuff just is awesome. Disarm the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. It's almost like we've had these demons and these dark forces over our lives dangling this fear of sin and death over our lives. And we shudder. We shudder. There are cultures all over the world that shudder over fear because they know that there's this spiritual world. But in our nice little neutral United States, we don't even think about that stuff often. But it's there. 
It's there, spiritual forces all over the place, and they fill us with fear, and they dangle this shadow over us, and they mock us. They mock humans. They mock you, and they mock me because they say, you're going to go right where we're going. You're going to be punished for your sins, and we could create fear in your hearts. But Jesus has come, the fullness of deity and bodily form, and he's come and he said, I want you to stand there, uh, spirits, and he strips them naked and he exposes them and shows them for what they are. And now they're the ones that are humiliated, friends. They're the ones that we can look at and say, like Sean said earlier, death, where's your sting? Death, where's your victory? Praise be to God who's given us the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. This one who has come, he's full of deity, and yet he's also a man, but he's come to give us victory and, and fullness of protection over spiritual powers. There's no more shame, friends. There's no more fear. No more fear. Again, Christ has come. In him is all the fullness of God that you need. There is no philosophy in this world that can give you the kind of fullness that Jesus can. His fullness gives us victory over sin. His fullness gives us new life. His fullness gives us complete forgiveness. And his fullness gives us protection and victory over spiritual powers. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in Christ, you've been brought to fullness. I just want to ask you as we close this morning, there's a little illustration here for you. I want to ask you today, you know, you, here you are, this cup, it's an empty cup. It's how we all start out, right? When we're put in Christ, when we're put in Christ, we're filled to the brim, full in Him. And the, and the exhortation from Paul today is to remain in Christ, remain under his rule, remain under his lordship, because in him all the fullness of deity dwells. You don't need any more God than what you've got in Jesus. Just remain in him. But the temptation for us is to get outside of Christ, thinking that there is something else to be offered, and we quickly become very empty. Very empty, and maybe that's how you feel today. You're totally empty. You've got nothing. You, you've kind of wandered outside of obedience to Jesus, and you're just running yourself exhausted. And maybe you've gone out to the world, and you thought, there's got to be another philosophy, another method, or another strategy. And, and you sit under it, but it ends up being empty and, and meaningless. Empty and meaningless. The exhortation today, friends, just as you receive Christ as Lord, all the fullness of deity dwells in Him. Remain in Christ. If you feel empty today, fill yourself up with Him again. But there's some of you out there that have never even tasted of the fullness of Jesus Christ. You've felt this hole in your heart and you're fully empty. Today I want to tell you, you put your faith in Jesus Christ 
You put your trust in him and you say, Jesus, I believe that you are God in the flesh and that you can satisfy everything that I need. You could give me victory over this sin that I've never been able to get victory over before. You could give me hope. You could give me peace. You could set me free from fear. You could take away all my sins and forgive them. You can bow the knee today and you could be filled with all of Jesus Christ. All that he has to offer. All that he has to offer. Today, friends, it's as simple as that. I would like for you to bow, bow your heads uh, for a moment. A lot of times we, we read the word of God and we, we get up and we walk away and we don't get a chance to reflect. Let's take a moment to reflect right now. Maybe you've set forth a resolution or some kind of purpose or plan that you have for, for 2018. And... Uh, but it's been void of Christ. And you feel empty on this 365th day of 2017. And you don't feel ready for a new year. I, I just want to invite you, just take about 30 seconds and just tell them, Lord, I'm coming to you again. I want to walk under your Lordship. I want to be filled with you today. Just take a moment to do that. Now, some of you are have never experienced this fullness of Jesus Christ. You've tried methods, you've tried pleasures, you've tried everything under the sun, and you found that all is vanity. King Solomon, the wisest man on the wor world, he tried that too. He found out it's all vanity. But you want to be full for the first time. You want to experience this fullness that Jesus Christ has to offer. I want to tell you today, you could have it, friends. You could have it. And I want you, for those of you that have never experienced the fullness of Christ, just to, to call out to God, maybe something like this. You could say this, Father in heaven, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've been trying everything under the sun to try and fulfill the desires of my heart. But I don't want to start another year feeling empty. I want to start a new year feeling full. I receive Jesus. I accept him. I put my faith in him. And I want to make him the new boss of my life. It's as simple as that, friend. It's a simple call to God to save you. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Friend, if you did that just now, if you just put your faith in Jesus Christ just now, I invite you to stand up and come forward. Stand up right where you're at and come forward. We want to pray with you and we want to rejoice that God has given you new life. And for all of us, if, if you're with me this year and you're feeling empty and you want to feel full, I'd invite you all to stand up right where you're at. Everybody stand up, please. And let's offer a prayer of commitment to God just to say, Lord, we want to be filled up today. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that in Jesus Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in a human body. Father, forgive us if, for me, for myself, if I've if I've gone after other strategies, after other philosophies that are all empty in the end, I want Christ today. And I think my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ are here today. They say, I want to be full in 2018. We come back to the one that we received a long time ago and we say, we want to be filled with him. We commit to his lordship. We bow the knee today to say we want to experience all that he has to offer because he's the one that can set us free from sin. 
He's the one that can forgive us all of our sins. He's the one that gives us new life. And he is the one that removes the fear from our lives. We commit ourselves to Jesus for 2018. It's in his name we pray. Amen. If there are any of you that have never put your faith in Christ and you want to do it today, come forward. We'd love to talk with you. Happy New Year and God bless.